2: Hello, Happy New Year. Welcome to the sixth episode of the Womble's Had a Dream podcast. As always, I'm joined by Mr. Lee Finch. Happy New Year, mate. Happy New Year, Jay. You all right? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. Yourself?
1: Yeah, I'm all right. I'm all right. Just uh, bored of lockdowns and and COVID. But yeah, I'm, I'm still still standing, as they say. Standing. So not too bad. Good to hear. Uh,
2: we are joined today by... Don's fans, Robert Boyce and Chris Thorpe. How are we doing, fellas? Evening, Joe. I'm a good mate yourself.
1: Very well. Very well.
2: All right,
3: boys. Good to be here. How you all doing? Yeah,
1: Very not well. bad. Good. Not bad, Chris. Doing good.
2: Uh, we should probably start by discussing the controversy of the last week or so surrounding COVID, uh, our game against Lincoln, our postponed game uh, against Wigan. Uh, it's a bit of a joke, isn't it? Uh, what do you think?
0: Hmm.
1: Yeah, I'll start. So I think, yeah, I think it's just a joke now. One team can get postponed uh, a week after they've had tests or a couple of days after. And we've, We we tried to get the Lincoln game postponed with COVID, positive COVID tests, I believe, and got told no. And then we're going to now postpone the game. We tried, again, Sunderland, they wanted to get the postponed game against us, but that didn't go ahead. And we were happy for that it's like if we're playing Lincoln who have positive, positive COVID test in their manager, and we've also got positive COVID test as well, how, how, I don't get how you can play the game uh, because then they're going to go back up and you don't know who's, who's getting it. And it's just getting ridiculous. For me, I think a circuit breaker needs to come in uh, for the rest of the month till the end of January, maybe extend the season if you can, uh, because they say that top level football championship above – they can afford mass testing. But I don't think a lot of teams in League 1 and League 2 can afford the mass testing. So it's just getting a bit ridiculous now.
4: Uh, I agree that it's become a bit of a mess. The problem with postponing to end of January is things were going to the summer and we saw what happened with players out of contract. I mean, for example, Lyle Taylor at Charlton. You know, what's to say, for example, Joe Bigot wouldn't do the same? Um, just to give an example of a player. Um, you know it's a bit, it is a complete mess there's so many games going down in League 1 at the moment um, I did see Gary Neville and Strat Grealish both tweet about having a circuit breaker but they said that there's no point in having a circuit breaker because they'll still have to go into training you know four or five times a week so they see it as pointless which I can see the argument for but there just seems to be no consistency from the EFR at the moment I mean I don't even know the rules for getting a game cancelled is it seven
2: players you need to have out or do we know well, I I did a bit of research and I couldn't find the EFL, but the Premier League rules state that um a game can only be postponed if a team has uh fourteen or less registered first team players available. Um I don't know if that's across the whole of the EFL. And obviously this, this these rules are written pre-COVID. Um so if for whatever reason a team had less than fourteen players Available, they'll be able to postpone the game. Um, I, th- I don't know if it's a case by case basis. If it is, there seems to be no consistency.
3: Yeah, just going on to what you mentioned there, um, the youngsters that we have on the bench, they've been registered as our first team players since the start of the season, since before you know the regulations, as you as you spoke about, came in, Jamie. So for people saying, "Oh, you know, I don't know how we managed to play." we were meant to have loads of players out. The players we had on the bench weren't players we just brought in for this game. They were always part of the first-team squad. Obviously, they were out on loan, but they were part of the first-team squad. So, obviously, the EFLs looked at that, looked at the list that they've had since the start of the season and gone, oh, you know, they're just using the squad that they've got available to them, so why should we call it off for them if they got enough players? But, yeah, like, like all of you boys have already said, there's there's no consistency because I think it was the uh, Colchester-Tranmere game got called off like, on the same day of the match. Like, how can they call it off with that short notice? And the same thing happened at Oxford earlier in the season. They had a game called off on the day. So, I don't, I don't know where the kind of cut-off point for it is. Like, imagine if, like, I know, I know obviously it should have been called off, but when we travelled to Sunderland and um, we ended up playing that match, you know, why would it have had to have been called off on that day for us to go all the way up there and then for them to call it off? Why wasn't it called off? you know a couple of days in advance like it's really strange um but apparently now there's going to be like mandatory tests for all the EFL clubs because um an article I read it costs like 10 grand a week for each EFL club to to fork out and that's a lot of money for you know even some of the bigger clubs let alone us so yeah. yeah the sooner they get some more consistency the better
1: so this, thing I, this is where the EFL are letting themselves down, I think, is there's no regulations in place. They've got no rules. It's, it's just on a whim sometimes. It's like one game can be called off, the other game, no one knows where they stand with it. Uh, the game you were talking about, that Tremier again. that was two hours before the game, I think, was and it was cancelled. Uh, see, the, the game we made such a big deal about the game against Lincoln as when we put the team out, I thought, actually, why are we kicking off such a big fuss? It was actually a decent side that we had out. OK, we had a few youth team players on the on the bench, which again, Zach Robinson's not really a youth team anymore. He's, he's part of our first team. The other couple, yeah, they, they probably won't get near our first team at the moment. But I thought, why are we we making this big... Like, I thought we were going to have three or four youth team players in the first team, actually in that first, that 11, the way we were going on about it. But we didn't. And it was like, that's a, that's a good team. So why are we looking to get it cancelled when we can possibly go and win points at the moment?
2: I feel it's not just about um, play, playing the game of football d- dependent on whether we've got a strong side or not. It's the safety of these players and the, the officials, uh, the managers, et cetera. If, you, if you've got um, numerous COVID cap- positive COVID cases in your camp, that's not fair on all the other people that are going to be at the game. Do you know what I mean? Um, it's risking the safety of everyone.
4: It does seem crazy to me at the moment. I mean, even in the Premier League, we're seeing games cancelled on the same day. For example, Tottenham versus Fulham went down a few hours before. So even they seem to be, you know, up in the air. Um, Accurton Stanley, I was going to move on to Accurton Stanley. I was going to say they've got to play a game every four days until the end of the season. Yeah. You know, you introduce a circuit breaker, you postpone postpone things to the end of Jan. You know, they're probably playing a game every two days. Um, I mean, the whole thing has just become a bit of a shambles, but I don't know what the EFL are really going to do. When I mean, do we end up looking at the points per game thing further down the line? If this continues to rise, you know, do they call the season off? Do we go into the summer?
1: No one knows, do they? And that's the thing. Like we're uh, sorry, Chris just said about 10, 10 grand a week it's going to cost to to do testing. Who's paying for that? Is it the clubs are going to have to pay for that? Because it's fine if you are say a Peterborough or someone like that who've got funds behind them, but for ourselves, Hackney, Rochdale, we, we we struggle already financially let alone mass testing on a level that's going to cost us fortunes to a thing. And obviously we've just gone into a lockdown now, uh, but it says, see, we might be called off now. We might not be able to play football anymore because it says elite football only. Well, if you've been watching Wimbledon lately, then you we've, we've, we're not going to be playing, are we really? Because <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's one thing. We'll, we'll probably yeah. be cancelled now because only elite football is going to be allowed to put, carry on. So, how long have you been waiting to say that one? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a joke <laughs> I'd lined up, mate. Good joke, to be fair, because you look at us as we'll go on to later. Yeah. Yeah.
3: I, I was glad um, the Wigan game was called off because obviously, one, I'd, I'd already got the programme ready, so that was annoying. Mm-hmm. And uh, and secondly, it was a good chance for us to bounce back against a, a team below us. But um, yeah, no, I can't believe it. It must be the first time that there's been one game in a season that's been rearranged twice. Um, so obviously already already been rearranged once before and now this, so God knows when we're going to play it. I think I saw someone say it might be in February, so it could be a, another midweek game. Who knows?
1: So my thing with games being called off as well is like now during the January transfer window as well, is how many teams are going to be looking and thinking, right, let's get a game called off because of COVID reasons, uh, but we, we haven't got that player over the line yet. He hasn't signed that contract, or we've got him coming in on loan, which is going to boost our first team uh, and, and make us significantly better for a game against Wimbledon Then say, oh, we have got four or five players out with COVID. We could use our whole first team to possibly get beat, uh, but we don't want that with, the, with huge points at stake. And it's like, who, who really going to be using it? Because, you know, I, like, if I worked in retail over Christmas, I would have been going, oh, I've got no taste and smell. I'm off for two weeks for Christmas then, so teams are going to be using it as excuses as well. Do you do you think teams will get away with that? Well, Chris will know more than I will about it being so close with the club as well. He, he will know if like because obviously I can, I, I can see clubs doing that. From from
2: from what from from our scenario, we we seem to have a pretty good case for having our game called off. I know it wasn't. Um, so if if a team doesn't have that good of a case and they're doing it just to try and you know pull a fast one, are they going to be able to get away with it?
3: Impossible to say, really. Um, I think I think it would be it could be possible, but at the same time, you know what are they kind of getting out of that? Say if you're a team in really good form, but then you've got a couple of players who, you know, you've got one or two players who who have COVID. Especially if your game's being shown on TV, like just an example. So Lincoln versus Peterborough is coming up, that's on Sky. Obviously each those two clubs will get some T V money from that. Say one of them was just like, Oh yeah, let's try and get it called off, you know, there wouldn't be any benefit from that. They'd miss out on that T V money. And when it's rearranged, they wouldn't put it on T V necessarily. So you've got to take that into account. I just I just don't think it'd be wise for any club to, to do that. But I can see why you're questioning that because, you know, it's been strange and it's been inconsistent. And if things were consistent, we wouldn't be questioning that, would we?
1: Well, that's, you, again, Brentford the other day, I think they got called off quite late because they couldn't get the test done in time. Yeah. So it's like their game was called off and they didn't even have any positive tests or, it, or you don't know if they're going to have a positive test because they mm-hmm. didn't do any tests. So that was the excuse so at that time is that they didn't have enough time to do the tests. And it's just coming back to that testing, testing, testing. Mm. But who's paying for League One and League Two teams to test constantly? Uh, which I don't think we can afford to do that all the time. And where do we go now with a full lockdown in place? Is how do we... How, how When when will the season finish if there's games called off? This ain't getting better until March or April, at least, COVID situation, mm. when the vaccinations are, are rolled out across the country. But no one knows when this is going to end, unfortunately, at the moment. and And... Football, I think, needs to take a little backward step for a month. And, I, boy, said, go back to your point in regards to uh, training. But they'll be training in their kind of bubble, so they won't be travelling up and down the country to play matches. They'll be just training in one centre kind of thing. So we train over uh, near Kingston. So, but yeah, it'd be that bubble is the only they won't be going up to Lincoln, Sunderland, etc. It's such an inter-
3: interesting debate because. um you know, us as fans, have obviously, haven't been to a great, the games a collective this season. And the longer we're kind of kept out and the more games that get postponed, it's even more frustrating because, you know, you kind of get yourself into that unwanted routine of, oh, yeah, I've got to watch the game again on iFollow. Obviously, it's not as good as it could be, as we know, but you're kind of in that routine. And it's your one thing that you're kind of looking forward to as a, as a break from all of this lockdown and And staying indoors and obviously some people get to go to work but some people have to stay at home and work and the one thing they look forward to is you know maybe watching Wimbledon and I follow yeah we might not win every week but at least you've got that one thing and then you've got these games being postponed it's it just makes things even worse. I
2: understand understand what you're saying but I feel like it's it's not the same and I'm not I'm not falling out of love with it but it's you know it's it's hard to get into it you know there's no there's no atmosphere you're just sitting in your pants watching a crap stream mm. on you know on your telly with your lap, with your laptop plugged into your telly yeah um yeah, no I agree. You know, there's no there's no beers with your mates there's no chanting there's no um last minute winners i know lees a f- fan of last minute winners um yeah so it's it's not the same i'm not
3: sure why the EFL haven't um Completely the suspense of iFollow, yet. to be honest. I think using YouTube to do live streams of games would be a lot easier and it'd be a lot less likely to kind of lag and, and buffer. And, you know, it just ruins the whole experience, like you say, Jay. And, um, you know, I watched the, the Youth Cup final that we won against Rotherham. That was on YouTube. I know it was free, but you could do a subscription service on there. People paid to watch it on YouTube and you're going to get a much better service. Because, you know, YouTube's been running for years. It's one of the most successful streaming websites in in the world. And what's stopping the EFL from using it? They've got their own accounts on there. It's, you know, it didn't take a rocket scientist to to work it out that that I follow isn't working. And a lot of people are unhappy with it. They probably get complaints every weekend.
1: So, yeah, I, yeah I just, I'm with Jamie on this, but my love for football and for Wimbledon, not Wimbledon obviously, my love will always be there for Wimbledon, but watching us at the moment is painful, watching the interviews after the game painful, uh, I know a load of my mates have just don't even watch the games now, they, 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 if they're doing something else or something else comes up they're not watching it, because for, again for me it was about meeting up with my mates, having drinks, having a laugh, getting the piss taken out of myself, taking the piss out of them, uh, just missing the whole thing, missing away games, like mad at the moment. And I just bring myself to turn on, I follow and watch Terrell Thomas or Paul K just play absolute dog shit. And that's why I think a circuit breaker might be good because I just don't have to watch it anymore. I get an excuse not to. Uh, <laughs> and people are saying yeah. like mental health reasons, like football's good to have on, but not watching Wimbledon. Not um, if you're a
2: Wimbledon fan. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's, it's worse for your mental health. And as I said, I, I put a post out the other day about it and, on Twitter, a little tweet on the One Was Had A Dream Twitter page and a lot of people were agreeing with me that it's, the, the love's not going for Wimbledon obviously, it never will but just at the moment it's just boring. It's just it's a game. That. There's not that connection is there? You know, watching mm. home in front of TV there's not that connection. We haven't even really
4: got to see the new players that we, we've signed. I mean normally when you're at the ground you've up a connection but the whole thing just seems soulless to me. I mean I follow' it's not that great. I think um, Radio Wimbledon Commentating, you know, because it's obviously for the radio doesn't work. You've got the so sort the crew puns every single week. I just think the whole production value is not that great. Watching it, I mean, for me personally, I normally switch to the away commentary on mute, but oh, god. the football's that the football's you
1: know, d- commentary is even worse. Oh, god, yeah, some of I'm them biased. just going, oh, yeah, it's going up to uh, going up to win ahead. I thought, oh, god, <laughs> that, mate. yeah, mate. It makes it more entertaining listening to, listen to act. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> but I, I, it's the interviews after the game at the moment as well. I just think ask them some serious questions. Ask them why? Why are we playing three-five-two all the time? Like again, this is it's just stuff that we're going to go on over later formations and stuff like that. But the interviews after the game it's just like there's no probing questions. It's like what will we do to improve? Oh, the stadium's nice what would you say to the fans if they were here? I like, drop me out. You
4: know what, well, I've not watched any of the pre-match or post-match interviews this season, I don't think. I used to watch them all the time, but you can kind of, you know, you can kind of copy and paste one of Glenn's interviews, same questions, same answers. You know, if I, if I had my eyes shut, I'd, you know, the same interview would be for any game. Um, so I do think they need to look at that, at change the questions or, you know, they just play it too safe for my liking,
1: but um, but yeah, no, I totally agree. Shall we move on? yeah, yeah, well, it was yeah. a good I time agree. to move on because we were kind of discussing a little bit of there, so
2: so Steve Seddon has been recalled by Birmingham, uh could give a bit of an opportunity to some of our other players, our other left backs. Would you reckon?
1: Yeah, well, I'm not too upset that Seddon's gone. Uh, I thought he was atrocious for us this season. Uh, totally different player from the one that we saw last season when he was with us. Uh, I, I I don't know if he had a sign in his contract that says he or on his loan move that he had to play, uh, because I thought sometimes he was awful and he was still starting games ahead of Nesta. And again, Osu, is he is he injured or? because he, he played really well against Arsenal, and then he's gone again. He's not been seen since. And, and I think it's we've got two good left-backs, who I think good enough for League One, good enough for the team that we've got at the moment. So, yeah, I weren't too upset when Sedham has been recalled. No, I agree with you, Lee. I wasn't
4: too upset to see him go. I mean, at the start, I thought he was a brilliant sign, and I was happy to get him through the door. I think he played well for the first two, three games. He scored some goals early for us. But lately, I feel like, you know, if he got injured or... If we played Nesta or Osu ahead of him, I wouldn't have been too fast, you know. So, um, yeah, I wasn't too disappointed to see him go. It seems like he's going back to Portsmouth from Twitter rumours. So, um, good luck to him. You know, Maybe it might work out better for him there. But I agree, the second stint was said in this time round. Just hasn't been as good. And the thing with me, I'd rather us develop our own players, you know, from Birmingham, Loneys. I'd rather, you know, Nesta and Osu. Both get a run in a team, although Glynn has said in uh, the London news online that we are looking at another left-back, left, left back, left-sided wing-back, which surprised me, really. Um, I think, like you said, Ossie scored against Arsenal. He we played well, but I don't know if he's injured or what's happened to him. There's no news from what I've seen from the club. Maybe Chris might know something. I don't. And um, I think Nestor was out with COVID on the weekend, wasn't he? So he played Che Zandra Ch- Ch- there. Oh. But I think when Nestor's played, um, I think he's played well.
3: Yeah, no, I was, I was just going to say about Osu. Um, Glynn said in the recent update that he's picked up an injury. He didn't kind of break down what the nature of that injury is, but I'm just assuming it's a muscular injury because that's usually what a lot, what, a lot of the younger players seem to pick up. I don't know if that's <laughs> if that's for any reason, but yeah, that's what I'm just assuming. Um With Seddon, um, yeah, not not too disappointed like you've always said because obviously we've we've got that cover. We've got. We had the two players in that position anyway. And when he first came in, I was very surprised. I didn't expect it. But um, I think the from from my point of view, Glim must have not been happy with the quality of our play at that point in the season, in that position. And he thought, oh, I need to bring someone in. And, you know, he already knew Seddon and thought, oh, yeah, I'll bring him in again. He done well last time. And, yeah, he goes back um, to Birmingham. Yeah, looks like he's going to Pompey. Um, bit bit strange one there. They don't know whether they're going to be able to get him on a permanent or a loan because permanent, they reckon they can't afford him. And then with the loan, Birmingham would rather he left permanently. So it looks like they've just brought him back just to make a profit on him, really. So, um, yeah, good luck to him. But um, Like you say, he wasn't at his best, wasn't as good as he was in his first spell, and I think he'd admit that. Um, But yeah, this is a chance for Aussies to try and get back in and hopefully convince Glynn not to go into the market for a new left-back because I do believe... Nesta and Osu are good enough for this level when they have proven that in the past. So, fingers crossed them two can knuckle down.
1: See, I said at the start uh, season, I season, I think I said it on here before, that when Seddon become available, you have to go get a player like that, even if you have Nesta and Osu. I understand what uh, Boise is saying with regards to our own players, but when a when a Seddon became available, everyone was buzzing for it. But it just hasn't worked out for him as well as it had before. Maybe he was hoping to go to Portsmouth in the summer uh, and... We 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 found out he was available and thought right yeah we know what player we're getting and he just he just wasn't up for it as much as he was the first year because when he came to us we did have some characters around the team as well back then with Wordsworth, Waggies and stuff and he probably fitted in a lot better then than he did did now uh, we've said and going back I was hoping that we'd get rid of this three five two and then against Lincoln we set up again three five two and we just don't have the centre backs. To play 3 5 2 for me. Uh, soccer, I thought, was his best game on Saturday against Lincoln. That challenge he that made. That tackle was unbelievable. It was unreal. It was Chris Perry as someone pointed out on Twitter the other week. Leo, uh, question for you. If we move away from 3 5 2, what would you like to see? Uh, 4 5 1. Go with 4 5 1. I'd, I'd go. We've got Nestor who can go left back or Osu who can go left back. You can move either one of them into a left left wing position as well. Hennigan, again, has he got COVID? Again, he was out Saturday. He's, he's a bit in and out of the team at the moment. So Chris is shaking his head. So I'm guessing he had COVID. So that's unfortunate.
3: I think so, yeah.
1: No idea what's going on with Will at the moment. Is he going, going or is he staying or is he wanted? I'd like to see Terrell improve his form because he's he's pony at the moment. Uh, less PS5, more training. Uh, Paul K decent sometimes. Then he's... Absolutely shocking. the next week, uh, so I thought,
2: I thought he was playing well on um, against Lincoln until the mistake for the goal. Thought he was doing all right, Paul K. And you were watching, mate. When I say it, I don't. I don't think he was like playing out of his skin, but I think like he was doing all right. No,
1: I know uh, you. Were, I just, I just, and then right side, you've got hopefully O'Neill's coming back soon. Uh, I think he's a brilliant right back. I've never thought he was a centre back in a million years. And then you can move Shane into right right wing as well. I'd like to see us sign a winger in, in January if we can. It's a shame we let Dylan Connolly go, because I think he'd be perfect in a 5-4, five, 5-2. Five, and then the midfield kind of goes for itself with Piggott up front, because Palmer, unfortunately, is not... I know he scored on Saturday, but he's not pulling trees up at the moment for me. So You think Piggott can
2: play up front on his own?
1: Yeah, if you've got Rodoni around him, uh, Chiselit right. around him. You get a players off around him. him. Sorry?
2: Rather than two t- up top, you play
1: someone off him. Yeah, you get five in midfield. You could have, say, O'Reilly or Woodyard in there. You wouldn't have both. Hartigan, and then you have a Rudoni and Chislet, And you can then get Rudoni up the pitch as close to Piggott as possible. And then you get get more balls into the box and stuff like that. We don't put enough balls. Again, Palmer comes on and when, when he does play, we don't get box- balls in the box. Room. The first time we've put a cross in the box, he scored with it. So maybe... I'm being a bit harsh on Palmer because we're not playing to his strengths. But I just think 3-5-2 ain't working and I don't think it works for us with our defenders.
3: I was impressed, um, you know, even though the game finished 0-0 against Barrow, I thought the system where we played a 3-4-3 with Rudoni and Longman in wide positions worked quite well. And I feel like if we were to stick with 3-4-3, we could experiment with the way the midfield's laid out, to give a bit more support to the strikers or to a lone striker. Like, if we went with Piggott on his own up front, I think Rudoni in that wide position, you know, he's willing to take players on. And with him driving inside, it's going to give more space for Shane down the right as that right midfielder as part of the midfield four to get more crosses into Piggott or Palmer or whoever plays as that lone striker. And, and Longman apparently played as a left winger, predominantly for Brighton under-23s. So he's perfect for that system. And then we've also got Osu, who, you know, we all know he's, and he will admit this himself, that he's more of an attacking player than a defensive player. He could even slot in as a left wing winger to as a backup for Longman.
2: He was a so striker you at youth level. That. What's that? He was a striker at youth level. Osu.
3: That? Osu, yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. He was a striker at Range Park Bell, vale. that's right. And then he he obviously moved into the academy and and became a wing back as he is now and you know he's still young hopefully he would improve the defensive side of his game but he's more of an attacking player and we saw that against Arsenal's under under 23 side in the in the Papa John's Trophy um, yep. and then also I'd say we look a lot better when we we play a diamond in midfield as well because we've got that extra body in there and I feel like. Playing Rudoni in a three isn't necessarily something he's used to yet. I feel like playing in a diamond, you've got him who can just focus on the offensive side and focus on pressing with our strikers and leaving the other three back to defend in front of the the back four. So we've got the versatility and we've got the options. We just don't have as many wingers as we probably need to, to play a four at the back if you like. But yeah, we could address that by bringing one in during January, but it's a traditionally tough window, so
1: we'll see. See, I, I totally forgot about Longman there because he were not playing the weekend. I forgot he was there, but yeah, I, I think Longman's a better winger than he is a striker for us. I think we he, he does really well on the wing. He's quick. Mm. He, he goes at defenders uh, and he causes all sorts of issues for him. Uh I just think again, what we were talking about previously with COVID and stuff, we haven't had a settled team which doesn't help. Like, Hennigan's come in and out. Will's come in and out. Paul K's come in and out. Terrell's been the only one that's been playing most games. But, yeah, he's not good enough for me. Uh, yeah, so I, I don't know. I don't know what you think, Boise.
2: I, I feel that
4: if we move away from 3-5-2, we'll leak even more goals than once. Have you? I look at our centre-back and I think a two centre-back pairing, you know, we leak goals with three at the back. And I think to myself, you know, we've had three managers now in League One. We've played different formations in League One. You know, we had Pinnock, we had Bartram, we had Connolly. That didn't work, you know, so then we played three-five-two to pack the defence, pack the midfield, and go to wing-backs. And I think predominantly it has worked this season. It's just that we've hit a bad patch of form now, you know, last six games. Prior to these last six games, we were doing well. We were mid-table, we would have taken that. I think our frustration with Blynn is he doesn't seem to have a plan B. Um, I also think with our team at the moment I just think you know we're bottom of the league but we're bottom of the league because just simply because we're not actually good enough if you look at our signings Roscoe comes from the Welsh Farmers League Guinness okay. again Wilkard, non-league Chislett non-league Palmer League Two. Terrell Thomas was signed after Sutton United McLaughlin was signed after Bromley Che Alexandra, non-league you go through our whole team apart from Woodyard there's just not really any league one players you know O'Neill and Riley were hand-me-downs from Jedenham. They didn't want to give him a contract. And Piggott was on league, but he's turned out to be, you know, a proven goal scorer. Um, So I think, you know, it just comes back to the famous word, budget. I think that's what it comes back, down to. You know, people uh, don't give that word. But...
1: Not not having that at all. I'm not having that at all, <laughs> obviously. Not having it. Not having anything about, but look at Accrington. Look at Accrington, for one. They, they get players from non-league. They get players from the Manchester area. We get released by Man City, Man U. They get, they do all right. And I, I know it's everyone goes on about Aki and stuff. They they have got that area where they can pick up players. But Peterborough, Peterborough, the one for me. They pick up players from non-league all the time. And Dagman and used to do this. I know they got relegated there and they're now playing non-league. But Peterborough pick up non-league players and they sell them for millions. And they they get them cheap. And and it's something we need to look. We need to look at these chis- chislicks and people like that, who are little gems who are good enough for league 2. I think we just need to get something right with regards to how we play football and how we're going to decide to play football because we change it around too much uh, with regards to going long or not passing enough.
3: Mm. Yeah, I know what I'll say to people who complain about the budget, um, you know, we've got to where we are on the same budget. So how do you explain that? You know, we've, we've had no money to spend, but we've had all these promotions. So clearly we're doing something yeah, cool. right. I do, think, I,
4: mean? I do you know think. I do mean? think we're in to time, league one. I do think we're now hitting a patch in league one where we are hitting a seed in of our budget. You know, every season we're at the bottom half of the table. Mm. You know, I know that people will point to Accrington and point to Wick and Wonders, but I think every season you do get that odd team in league one and league two which get promoted and run away. Uh, mm-hmm. That's what. I, that's what I think.
3: I'll just say as well with this season, you kind of got to write off in a sense that we're going to have to pay off the stadium loan somehow so that's going to have an effect on things um, so I think you have to take that into account obviously you have a certain amount of years to pay off uh, I think what it was termed as a bridging loan to help pay for it but we've still got to pay that off it's a bit like Arsenal there to sell some of their best players maybe we, we might have to go down that route but obviously we've had a bit of help from the EFL and, and the Premier League during this COVID period but I still think it's got to be taken into account that we've just moved into a new stadium, and you know that doesn't just—it isn't just paid for by money that grows on trees, is it? As we know, we've we've worked hard to even raise the money ourselves to to get in there, and you know we're still going to have to pay some of that off over the next few years.
2: Lee, you mentioned Peterborough, and Chris. Obviously, you mentioned um, selling our best players. Um, Peterborough, like you said, Lee, have uh, bought players from non-league, sort of groomed them and then sold them for millions. Um, we've got Joe Piggott, who we've signed from no, we've sort of picked a gem out of non-league, turned him into a League One goalscorer, and we're probably going to let him go for nothing in the summer uh, or peanuts this month. So we do need to look at the Peterborough thing. It happened with Lyle Taylor. We, we got Lyle Taylor, he was a troublemaker. It never really worked out for him. We got him for next to nothing, turned him into a 20 goal a season striker, lost him for nothing. Tom Elliott, we got him, turned him into arguably one of the best target men in League Two. And then got us into League One, let him go for nothing. the same thing's gonna happen with Piggott. So how do we how how do we do Peter you know Peter Brewer being bankrolled, they can afford to they can afford to put players on four or five year contracts. We give someone a four or five year contract, uh, Appiah if we gave Ross grow a five-year contract, can, can you see what I mean? Like, how do, how, how do we how do you envisage that working?
1: Yeah, I totally get your point. But what, what I'm going on the Peterborough thing is, we're not going to be able to pick up players and sell them for millions. But what we will do is, we'll get a player for a season or two season and he'll score 30 goals and keep us up, and then maybe go off on a free. Unfortunately, we haven't got the luxury of offering two, three, four-year contracts. Uh, we do. I, I I don't get the budget thing because if you look for our squad at the moment, we have got players on good money. Uh, Palmer wouldn't have been coming on peanuts, uh, Woodyard wouldn't have been coming on peanuts, uh, Hennigan ain't coming on peanuts. We have got a decent squad on decent wages. My thing with the Peterborough thing is we need to be looking into non league, we need to be looking local, picking up players like Chisley, like NGW, uh, and going to them, Look, you come and play well for us, you, 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 we'll, we'll let you go. We let Lyle Taylor go. Don't think he's really worked out for him now. At the moment, he's at Forest. I don't think he's even starting many games for them. He done all right at Charlton, but that's only because of what we did for him to get him there. Tom Elliott, I, Tom Elliott, is he still at Salford? I, Salford, I don't, yeah. Don't he's think in he's in playing many games again. So, do you know what I mean, people leave us all the time. Reeves was another one who who left to go on to bigger, better things. He's now playing in non, County and in non-league. I mean, he got uh, bad. He got injured. That's a bit. Yeah. If he if he had stayed, he might have not got injured. Fair point. It's things like that. You, 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 This is what I never get with footballers. If you're happy and you're earning good money, I understand if you're going on to go to the Premiership and stuff like that. But a lot of them, they just move sideways and end up going. Well, actually, I, I really enjoyed my time at Wimbledon. Do you know what I mean I was earning good money? Yeah. I was injury free. I was, I was playing well. And and the thing, I'll, I'll go back. So this is going to go back off. Roscoe hasn't been given a chance. I, I like Roscoe. I think he's actually gonna, he could be a decent player for us. I really do. I, I know Boise is going to totally disagree because he thinks he's he's mank, but and he's from a farmers league. But I think he can offer stuff. I don't get why he's not playing. He's fast. He puts players under. He puts players under pressure. I, I, I still think he should be given more of an opportunity to play games. So who, who
2: do you put him uh, put him ahead of?
1: Well, I, would, I wouldn't put him ahead of Piggott, obviously. Uh, would you put him ahead of Palmer. I'd have him on level with Palmer at the moment. uh,
2: What about Robinson?
1: I'd have Zach Robinson ahead of Palmer and uh, Roscoe at the moment because I really think that Robinson's going to be an unreal player. I've been singing his praises and his name for years. This kid's going to be going places, I'm telling you. He will score 50 goals for us, 100 goals for us. He'll be playing for Tombridge Angels now. Zach Robinson is going play. He is a quick, pacey, no-nonsense, no-fear striker. But I'd have Piggott and then I'd have Roscoe. I, I don't get why Roscoe's not getting ahead of Palmer when Palmer scored, what, one goal? Three but then Palmer,
4: Palmer's coming back from injury. He hasn't really been given a run in the team either. You know, same mm-hmm. like with Roscoe. But um, I think to myself, like, you know, Roscoe's been here over a season now. I don't think the management have really got a lot of faith in him. They must see him in the training ground week in, week out. That's what I believe, personally. I think we'll let him go into summer, and it hasn't worked out. I think it was worth a punt, you know, going to the Welsh League, and you know we went we dipped into the Irish League as well, didn't we? Um, you know, it's worth worth a punt, but I think he'll be gone,
1: and I won't be too sorry to see the back of him. See, I think that's a mistake, Dylan Connolly being let go because he's doing okay up in Scotland with St Miriam, he's I think. Looking, looking at Twitter, looking at Twitter, it looks like he's going to Peterborough. Yeah, I, or and, Portsmouth, I think was the other one. Yeah. But Palmer, he looks—he's carrying about the same amount of weight as me after Christmas. I'm hoping that he'll shed a little bit now because he looks more trim than he did when he first came back, slightly. Does look overweight um, though for a striker.
2: I yeah. mean, but he's a big fucker. Do you know what I mean? He's six. Foot, he's that—that's—that's that's what he's about. Yes, he might be carrying a bit of timber, but you know, he's six foot five giant. But like you said, we're not—we're not playing to his strengths.
1: No, that's good.
2: So. so And he hasn't had a run in the team. If you're you're using that line with Roscoe, you have to use it with Palmer as well because it's exactly the same.
3: I think Palmer will be helped when Luke O'Neill gets back to full fitness because he's definitely the best crosser in our team by far. And I think the whole reason for him even playing in the back three is because of his deliveries from deep. Because he's not quick enough to play as a wing-back and get beyond the opposing full-back to put in a cross. He's played deeper so that McLaughlin can lay it back to him and he can put in those balls like he did at Swindon away when Piggott scored directly from one of them. And I'm pretty sure O'Neill got the most assists for us last season as well. So, you know, well, when we get him back in the team, maybe we'll see even more goals from Palmer. Because you,
1: you say about O'Neill. What about Shay Alexander? He had the best crossing of any player in, in the league last year. With uh, I know it was mm-hmm. non-league, but his crossings is apparently unreal, but...
3: We haven't
1: seen enough of it, though, have we? He hasn't started many
3: games. That's no, when I say to that,
1: yeah, it was weird because I don't know if he was injured again, but when Shane was not playing, we played Seddon on right right wing back, yeah, which just was ludicrous to me. But hmm. I, I still don't think Roscoe has been given his chance. Uh, no, and Zach, no Zach Robinson will be Wimbledon's top scorer next season.
3: I hope you're right. How,
1: much, you're right. how much? How much? How much? <laughs> I'm not a better man. You're not a better man. <laughs> they're <laughs> <Yeah>. scared <laughs> no, But well pig's, pig's going for free so somewhere
3: it's an, it's an opportunity for these young players like Billia uh, Robinson and um, well, Madeline because obviously all the Ramen clubs that they were on loan at aren't playing at the moment so they have to be back here with us and either they're going to be playing in our development team or they're going to be playing for us hopefully in the Patrick John's Trophy obviously we'll have to play some of our more regular starters because of the rules of the competition. But it's a good opportunity for them to make an impression. And if Robinson can net a goal against Bristol Rovers in our, our next game, which is in the next round, you never know. He could he could nail down a, more of a starting spot because these spots are up for grabs at the moment because when you're in a, a poor run of form, you can't say, oh, yeah, I should be starting over him. Well, no, because if we're not picking up three points, every everyone's place is up threat at the end of the day.
1: No, I'd, I'd, see, I'd, I'd, I'd like that attitude. I really do, but I don't think Glenn has that attitude. Glyn has his set players. You think when we were playing, what, 20 games in like five days and he, he was still picking the same squad, still picking the same players. He was not resting anyone. Hartigan played like mm. how many, I don't know how many games he played. He played all of
2: them, didn't
1: he? Every game. Every minute, and we had these young players and probably knocking on the door going, look, I could like Barrow, We we could have gone up to Barrow and, could have played a couple of the youth team players, but we didn't even bother. We just played the same, he plays the same team, the same squad. I and I think the, people get bored of it.
4: I think you find most managers do that though, because, you know, you have a bad run of results and all of a sudden everyone's calling for their heads, you know, they're, they're on the, next on the chopping block and, you know, managers don't want to risk a job throwing in youth players. You know, they'd rather play the tried and tested senior pros, for example. Um, I know we have to, you know, homegrown and hungry motto, but, you know, at the end of the day, Look, what's going to happen? We've had six six games now. We've picked up one point, and now people want Glenn out. Um, you know, so I can understand why. You know, I can understand
1: why he goes with the senior pros. I get that, boys. But a woman, and you've pretty much got a job for life. If you come in, you literally have to do something really bad. It's like me and my mates were saying the other day. Like again, people were talking about Glenn possibly leaving or getting sacked. We're not going to sack Glenn Hodges. Uh, he has to have a disastrous. Uh, run a game to even think about leaving or getting sacked so any manager looking it, it must be, a, it's got to be one of the best jobs to get, lovely new stadium not a bad squad and you're not going to get sacked if it turns really sour
3: I think my argument would be did we really, you know what was what were people's targets in their head before this season, I know my target was a mid-table finish in the first season in the new stadium I wasn't expecting any more than that that's me being 100% honest. And when you look at the points we've got, we're more, we've had more points, we had a better start to a League One season than we've ever had. So that is improvement. Okay, yeah, the league position isn't what we want, but we are improving. We just got to find that consistency again that we had at the start of last season. And I don't think this disruption is helping us at all. Like I said earlier, the, the Wigan game would have come at a good time for us to bounce back. um But no, like. My my argument to people who who, who are calling for Glynn's head, you know, what what was your target before the season? Did you really expect us to be doing any better than this?
4: I mean, it during, I during COVID and having you know, you've got the bonds to pay back over the years, you've got the bridge and loan to pay back, you know, you've got we've got COVID going on at the moment. My target was just you know, avoid relegation. You know, twentieth place, yeah. Uh... Yeah, 20th place, and that's where we are. You know, we're, we're at the bottom of the budget table. That's what I know people don't like that word. Um, and I think to myself, you know, we've tried three different managers in League One now. And previously to Glynn or Wally coming in, when you look at the managers we had a choice of, it was Russell Slade, Sean Derry or Kevin Nolan. None of them inspire me. So people calling for Glenn's head, uh, well, you know, who else is going to take the job? You know, all we're going to get is another Wimbledon man who loves the club and will do it for peanuts because you're
1: not going to attract any of the top managers. Jason, you'll... See, see my thing At the start of the season, I'll come back to it in a minute, Jay, but at the start Sorry. of the season, my, my, my target was to stay up, obviously. But then when we started so well, and we were flying, and we not, I'm not I weren't going, oh, yeah, we need playoffs, or so, I was thinking, right, mid-table finish, is going to be quite nice now. We're playing some very attractive football. But it's just going downhill, and it's going downhill fast. We're, we're like, literally, what, two points above relegation now? And, and we are really struggling to find form... Our players are just not performing like we'd want them to. And I just think we have to, our expectations do change during the season. And I, I, I'm not on the Glenn out train at the moment. But if we had played Wigan and we had lost that game against Wigan, I, I possibly would have been on board. I probably would have been boarding because some of the football at the moment is awful. Going back to your point, Boyce, with regards to last time, but there's a factor at the moment COVID. There are managers out of work at the moment who are not getting employed because COVID. They're not earning money. So we would be an attractive proposition to them. And then you've got people like Jason Yule who are doing really well at Charlton under 23s who might apply for the job now as well after he's had a year or two at that job.
2: Yeah, I I don't think... um, I'm a bit like Yuli. I don't think I'm glaring out yet. But if things don't start to turn, I don't think it would take too long. But I do think it's funny that, that the same people, as you mentioned, the people weren't at the start of the season when we were doing all right, the same people that were saying are oh, pushing for the playoffs and, you know, stuff like that, are the same exact people now that are saying Glenn out. So it kind of, t- it, you know what I mean? It tells you everything you need to know.
1: Um, go on, mate. See, but again, my thing, again: no manager should be securing a job in football because... And that's the problem we have at Wimbledon, is every, like, Wally Downs would still be the manager now. Not saying he should have, but if he hadn't have done something so ridiculously stupid, I think he would have still been in charge of Wimbledon now, which I don't think is a bad thing, because I love Wally and I thought he'd done really well. But he was never going to get sacked until he'd done something really stupid. New Adley did, had to had to go in the end, because he took us so far and it was appalling. But as I said, we started off so well... How far do we need to drop and go and keep going down the league before we say, actually, something's not right here or well, something's up? Like, Pig did look on it again on Saturday, and what do we do?
4: I think personally, we're knee jerking and overacting. I mean, if you look at the Lincoln game, we had a lot of players out for injury, COVID, and if it wasn't for a PK mistake, we draw that one all and everyone goes home happy. You know, top of the league with, you know, the COVID, people calling for the game off. Prior to that, we played Oxford. Credit to he change formation to four three three, and their keeper ended up being man of the match. Um, so I think you know, I think I think people are overreacting and being a bit harsh. We've, we've had a bit of a bad run of form and things ain't going for us. But I think give it a bit of time, you know, and I think things will turn around.
3: I think I think that team was good enough to beat Lincoln. I'm not going
4: to lie. Um, no, Lincoln. You know, are-
3: we just need to cut out these individual errors. And um, there's no reason why we can't ba- get back to the sort of form that we were showing earlier in the season. It's the home form that's that's letting us down at the moment. It's not really the away form. Our away form's been really good. It's literally the home form. I don't know if it's because we've changed venues a lot. Obviously, we had QPR and now we're at the new ground. But to get a few more wins under our belts at, at Plough Lane would, would really help us to, to sort of settle there. I feel we've only got one league win there so far. Obviously, we had the, the win against Arsenal um, against their you know, most most of their youth side, I, I would expect us to beat them, to be honest.
1: I would say it was Martinelli. Um, they had Mar- yeah. that the four million million pound defender, Chris. a good side, Arsenal. Uh,
3: yeah, I know. Oh, yeah, no, I know. They played good football, but at the end of the day, they, they didn't create many chances, did they? And we were in control of the game. And we haven't won too many games comfortably this season like, in that manner. Um But, yeah, just... Just going back to it, I just, I just think we, we could have beaten Lincoln and we shouldn't look for excuses like that. But at the same time, we shouldn't jump down Glyn's throat because, like you say, we've had a little bit of a blip, from it. So, yeah. But are support, we, are we just, just support
1: him, really. And,
3: you know, we can get back to where we were at the start of the season. We don't become a bad team after a few results. That's what i will say.
1: Are we being knee-jerk because we are watching a lot more on TV? So you're watching more of the game. You're watching the mistakes easier. When you're in the ground... You, you're seeing things differently. A few people have had a few beers, you've got people chatting to you, you're not watching it 100%. When you're sitting at home and you're you're literally watching that whole game, there's no distractions kind of thing going around you. You're seeing things a lot differently. And is that why we are being maybe overcritical on some of the players and some of the, some of the management think, thing? I also think we might be being overcritical
4: because there's a current climate. You know, everyone's fed up. Everyone's sat in the you know. We're all watching I follow. you know. The mood is quite depressed across the nation, you know. So... That might be another reason why we're being overly critical. Like yeah, I said, you know, Lincoln are top of the league. They've put nine goals past their last two opponents. I think, you know, if we walked away with a one or draw, everyone would have went home happy and we wouldn't be having this discussion, to be honest with you.
1: Yeah, no, that's a good point,
4: to
2: be fair.
1: Yeah.
2: I think also, if if Glim was to go, he'd have to go pretty sharpish because there's no point sacking a manager in February. Yeah. Um, and get, getting, getting someone else in who then can't strengthen the squad or get the sort of players that he wants in. Uh, yes, there's always that um, new manager bounce that people talk about. But if, if the players aren't good enough, then... Yeah, I did, I did, you know, it's sacking season roundabout now, isn't it? A lot of... Man, Joey Barton's gone. Um,
4: even even but, if we get a manager in now... I mean, do we ever even have any budget to spend? I mean, we're, both might get, we're looking at a loan left back. You know, day we've missed out on He's gone to Rovers. Seddon's gone to Portsmouth probably because you know they're offering to pay more money. There's talk of Longman going, you know, to a higher league, one club or Championship probably because they can offer more money. I mean, do we even have anything in the budget to spend, even if it was to change?
1: You're saying like, we we can't set a manager in February, but then we've got someone who's at the club already that could stick in, could come in as manager straight away. And that's Nick does. He was he done a really good job at Scunthorpe when he was manager. He's put together all the uh, the transfer stuff and the scouting network. He 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 could step in straight away if we wanted to. Not saying so, again we should. But but,
2: but he, what's he doing now then?
1: He's assistant manager. It's totally yeah, different so job than being a manager. You you've seen that with people like uh, Atkins when he was he was a, a physio and then he stepped in and become quite a good manager. Uh, he, he he done a great job at Scunthorpe when he was manager at Scunthorpe. Uh, but, but, but
2: surely, surely, surely um, if he was that good as an assistant, like even as an assistant manager, like, do you, do you understand what I'm trying to say? Like, yeah, he, obviously, he obviously,
1: wasn't meant to be our assistant manager. It was meant to be Wally Downs and Glenn Hodges, and he came in to do set up the scouting network. It was only because when Wally Wally left that he then got offered the job as assistant manager because he knew so much about football and everything that he would set up for the club. I don't uh, know you know could if, always bring Simon Bassey back. I don't know about I, right? I don't
4: know about Nick Dawes. I'd rather have Mark Robinson, if you're going to recruit with him, personally.
1: Mark, yeah, if Nick Dawes, If that's the route you're going to go down. Um. I love Mark Robinson. I think he's absolutely fantastic for our club. I hope he, he stays forever, everything that he's done. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it, it's, it's it's a hard one because, again, how, how 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 low can we keep falling? As I said, we're, we're just above the relegation zone now and... We're struggling for goals uh, and we're conceding for fun. Uh, it's not fun to watch at the moment but again I take your point Boise, I think nothing's fun at the moment in life and I think that's why people love love moaning at the moment because everything is negative. Uh, I think if we do have a circuit
4: break or this Wigan fixture being postponed might do us a favour, you know, I think we can get back on the training ground hopefully. Ben Hennigan coming back you know hopefully we can finally settle on a settled back three I see O'Neill was back in training Longman will be back I think we missed him and his legs on the weekend I just think you know we just we just need a break you know it's been quite hectic over you know the Christmas period and reset and get ready for the second half of the season personally
2: yeah like Terrell Thomas <laughs> Do you have a PS5?
4: <laughs> I'd rather sound like tell Thomas from Mr. Bean, so <laughs> <laughs> I was just gonna say, um
3: obviously with the Bristol game, I think we should just go for it. That's our next fixture, obviously, in the in the in the past. trophy or whatever it's called now, whatever ridiculous name they've they've sponsored it this season. But we've got that one first. I think we'll we'll probably rotate a little bit for that one because obviously we don't know which players are gonna be back in time, that kind of thing. It's you know, it's the 12th. It's only eight eight days away. Hopefully, we will have a lot more players back. I'm sure we will. And then I was going to say about the Sunderland game. I watched them at the weekend against Northampton. I was at the game, and they didn't look like they had anything going for them. They have got Lee Johnson in, who's you know, he's a Championship manager. Really, it's it's quite a mad that they've even got him, and they've just had a takeover. But if we were if we were playing Sunderland tomorrow, I would have I would have fancied our chances because they were blunt up front. They had Charlie Wyke up top who obviously we had before, didn't score many goals for us, but he's still not scoring goals, even though he's developed his game a bit more. And they just didn't threaten at all against Northampton, who are arguably about the same level of us in the league in terms of places. I'm not looking at the league table now, but I know they're around about the same position as where we are. And I've really fancy our chances against Sunderland at the moment, especially on home turf, so... You know, I, know we played,
4: I know we played Sunderland recently, you know, we played them away, but you think, you know, their stadium mm-hmm. budget, they got given £16 million from the Premier League, um, you know, in grants and whatnot. And, um, you know, I didn't think they were all that great. I mean, I, I know they were struck down by COVID, but, you know, they're, what, off in the league? And yeah. they miles ahead of us at the moment, do they?
1: I um, think a point you made earlier, boys, here. I think football at the moment is just such a weird time because there's no fans in. You know what I mean? It affects yeah. teams different. Like Sunderland would normally have, what, 25,000, 30,000 people cheering them on or, or getting on their mm. backs. They've got no one now. Uh, a point I was going to make is we were linked to Dave coming in as a goalkeeper. How do you think that's going to affect Connor, Conor Truman with regards to his confidence now that we were looking to bring in another keeper and maybe send him back to Birmingham? And...
2: But I mean, is, is, was, is that concrete? Right is that that was just a rumour like the r- rumours happen um, no smoke will fire Jay true but you know he's gone you know yesterday uh, was the first I heard about J- uh, Joe Day coming to us and today time signed for Bristol Rovers so you know the link which put
4: Day to to us also did link him with Bristol Rovers as well and he seems to have gone Bristol Rovers I mean it would make sense for him to go Bristol Rovers he's based in Wales this are a lot closer to Wales and that's probably a bit cheaper to live. Um, maybe Glynn's looking at the fact that Birmingham recalled Seddon at short notice, perhaps, and is now a bit worried by Truman. You know, he's also a Birmingham loanee. I think the rumours of day was more him coming in permanent, which I would like to see. I'd like to see us get a permanent keeper over a loanee keeper every season. and You know, that might also help settle the back four or five.
3: What I'd say about Truman is you know he's mid-20s now and hes stayed at Birmingham for that long he clearly has a lot of faith in his own ability and clearly they have faith in his ability because you don't get too many keepers being loaned out at his age if a club doesn't believe in him and for that reason I, I do think he wouldn't feel threatened if we did bring in another keeper you know i've, I've got no idea of that if that day rumor was, was true or not um you know we all know he performed well for us when he was with us last time but for me, if he was to come in, it would it would have to be permanent. I don't think I wouldn't see any logic in loaning him, especially as he's only got six months to run on his Cardiff contract. There's potentially a possibility to get him permanently in the in the summer, like like you mentioned, Boyce. Um, but yeah, I've, I've been impressed by Truman. I think he's I think he's improved a lot since he first came, and um, I've, I've never felt you know uneasy about him at all. I think he's a, he's a very good goalkeeper. And you know, in goalkeeping's terms, he's still quite young for a for a goalkeeper, you know. Most goalkeepers peak around the age of thirty, so he's still got a good five five and five plus years ahead of him, really.
4: For no. me, well, me personally, I'd rather have us tried well bought in Day over Truman. I'm not convinced by Truman, but I think sometimes watching it on high follow it's hard to tell. It's hard to gauge sometimes when you're at the, when you at the game, it's a lot easier. But it wouldn't have surprised us bringing in Day over Truman, because we'd done it last season. We brought in day over Nathan Trott, who was, you know, West Ham prospect. So, I can see yeah. why there was, you know, there was the rumours or the spoke.
1: I was just about to say, the same boys. I've, I, like, we don't know what's going on in the ground or at, at training and stuff. And maybe some of our defensive leaks are because Truman isn't as commanding as we maybe like. And that's why, say, the ball on Saturday could have been cleared if he was shot. Like, same, like you, you can imagine Ramsdale... Game mental behind our defence if they're letting goals like that in, where Truman, you don't think he's going to go as mad. But going back on another point with regards to Bristol Rovers in the cup, our next game, I just hope we do put out quite a strong team and we do go for it uh, hmm. because it's the pizza trophy and you, you're going to need that slice of luck to, uh, to win the game. So. Oh my God, you're terrible, That's man. It. <laughs>
4: yeah. I'd like us to field a strong team just because, you know, what is it now we're in? Are we in the quarterfinals? Or is it last oh,
3: 16, I believe? What yeah, that's last 16. Time. I mean, I
4: think we're, we're edging closer to Wembley. You know, every round's now worth more money. Um, So, we're we'll probably saying I'd like to see us field a stronger team because I think that's an opportunity for us. I mean, we've got dumped out the FA Cup by quarterly,
1: what I don't think we should have done. Um, so, yeah, I think we should play for a stronger team against. Sorry, I'm just laughing away because Jamie's just looking at me in disgust at my joke. But, yeah. you know what I mean? It was a bit cheesy, but what are you going to do about it? Oh, for God's sake.
3: <laughs> I was just going to say about the, the Papa John's trophy. Um, you know, when they first brought about the new format and brought in the, the Premier League under-23 teams, I was a bit like, wow, that's so disrespectful to us in League 1 and League 2. But now I look at it, there's literally, I think, only one Premier League under-23 team left in the competition, that's Leicester. So, you know, from my point of view, they're clearly not as good as us. And, you know, most of them have been knocked out in the groups anyway. And in the last round, I think we should, should be pushing for it. And it's good money. We get money every round. And I think Glynn has even said previously this season that he wants to win it. So it's good that we've got that desire, despite being, you know, an underdog, as, as most people in the media see us. You know, it's good that we've got that desire. And I even remember back to the FA Cup when we went on that run and beat West Ham. I remember Wally saying, I don't know, he was half joking about it. He was like, oh yeah, we want to try and win it. You know, whether he was joking or not, at least at least we've got that desire. And that's got to be at least a bit of a plus point that it looks like we're being ambitious and actually want to win the Papa John's trophy rather than just seeing it as another game to just play, you know, a weakened side. So yeah, no. Like, like... um, no. Oh. Got forgot, forgot his name, then. <laughs> I forgot your name, then. Mike. Like Finchie was
1: saying. Like Finchie <laughs> was saying. Just, I was, you just went, Chris. Last time you're coming on, mate. You know what,
3: I, saw, I saw Mary written down the... <laughs> 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 like Finchie was saying, we should take it seriously and yeah, put out the strongest team possible, definitely. And oh, who knows? Yeah. We, could, we could go pretty far.
1: No, I got a BT boycott for me. I'm not going Wembley, but yeah, money all helps. But, well, that's right, uh, we're going to have to, I think we'll wrap it up now. Uh, but yeah, thanks very much for joining us this week, Boyce and Chris. Is that your name, Chris? Is it? I think. <laughs> <No> <laughs> I <mean>. Sorry, mate. <laughs> we'll invite someone else from the club next time. Don't worry. No better. <laughs> yeah. and, and always good to see you, Jay. Yeah, it's
2: been a pleasure, mate. Good to have uh, Chris and Boise on again. Yeah, we'll have him on again that. at some we'll point in the
1: future. Yeah, we'll see that. Yeah, hopefully getting some uh, ex-AFC women players back on. So, yeah, we'll we can ditch, to ditch them too. What? Right. Thanks very much. See you next week. Thank you for listening to the Wombles Had a Dream podcast. If you would like to contact us, you can do so by Twitter at Wombles Dream or via Facebook at the Wombles Had a Dream.
0: Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.